Today, Rinpoche continued his discussion on the section of the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment entitled Ascertaining the Nature of the Path Leading to Liberation. He went over the 11 categories of the kind of life needed to halt cyclic existence again and then began the new section on the kind of path needed to halt cyclic existence. ま、ま、だ、だ、だ、だ、だ、だ、だ、だ、だ、だ、だ、だ、だ、だ、だ、だ、だ、だ、だ、だ、だ、だ、だ、だ、だ、だ、だ、だ、だ、だ、だ、だ
Uh, so uh, we're going to begin uh, looking again at this section on ascertaining the nature of the path leading to liberation. The two categories are the kind of life through which you halt cyclic existence and the kind of path you cultivate to halt cyclic existence. So when we look at um, Jayan Sheva's commentary, uh, when we look at the kind of uh, life through which you halt cyclic existence, we'll find that there are 11 categories. Um, so uh, this is uh, where we're going to begin today. Uh, Uh, so, uh, when, so there are 11 categories uh, in this section, uh, the kind of life through which you halt cyclic existence. Um, and basically what this means is it's referring to the basis that is needed to actually become liberated, to stop cyclic existence. Um, so uh, what kind of basis is needed? So one needs to uh, um, be free of the leisureless states. Uh, so when we look at the different categories, and then we'll, we'll find a quote from Nagarjuna's letter to a friend, uh, there are eight categories of leisureless states. Um, so uh, these are um, necessary to be free from in order to have an adequate, appropriate basis for halting cyclic existence. So when we say the kind of life referring to the basis needed, the, the vessel, um, the, the kind of, uh, it's almost like the kind of person one needs to be uh, in order to halt cyclic existence. Um, so in the 11 categories of Jayan Sheva's commentary, the first category is this actual quote from Nagarjuna's letter to a friend. Uh, so everybody, we're on page 335 in the English. 
Um, so it says, ascertaining the nature of the path leading to liberation has two parts. The kind of life through which you halt cyclic existence, and then two, the kind of path through which you uh, cultivate, the kind of path you cultivate to halt cyclic existence. So, number one, the kind of life through which you halt cyclic existence. Um, and then now this begins the first category of Jayan Sheva's commentary. The friendly letter, or letter to a friend. This is by Lord Nagarjuna. To be reborn with wrong views or without a conqueror's word, or as an animal, a hungry ghost, a hell being, an uncultured person in a border region, a stupid and mute person, or a deity of long life, is to be afflicted by one of the eight faults that are conditions which lack leisure. After you have attained leisure, uh, which is freedom from these rebirths, uh, strive to end birth. It is not possible to stop birth and cyclic existence if you have no time. Therefore, you must have obtained a life of leisure and opportunity. Uh, you must stop it. Um, so this is, uh, I have already explained this. So this is point number one. ね、たりんが座って、トンルチバジ、ビスレス。ま、ドゥイシェネジャン。ハタサンシチャンバラ。ランロマジョンザナ。ね、タイアン。ランロモイドゴソス。コアレオテ。トマメバンモムチャンサ
Chimbi Chinanaba Tilaga um, so now we move on uh, to number three, which points out the uh, excellent qualities of uh, uh, the life of where one has gone forth or become ordained compared to that of a householder. Uh, so this is all number three. Uh, for those who have attained a life of leisure and opportunity, uh, dwelling... Uh, uh, hold on one second, I just want to match my notes up. Okay, for those who have attained a life of leisure and opportunity, dwelling in a household presents many obstacles to the practice of religion and has numerous shortcomings. However, the life of a renunciate, being the opposite of that, is the very best for stopping cyclic existence. The wise, should there, uh, uh, the wise therefore, should delight in such a life. Repeated reflection on the faults of householders and the virtues of renunciates will lead those who have already become renunciates uh, to have a firm attitude while leading those who have not yet become renunciates uh, develop good inclinations to become renunciates in the light and then act on them. I will explain how this is so. Um, so here, um, first it's stating that by um, repeatedly um, analyzing the downfalls of uh, a life in cyclic existence as a householder and then repeatedly analyzing the excellent qualities um, uh, of, of the life of someone who has gone forth or become ordained, uh, uh, two things uh, can occur. First, someone who uh, has already gone forth 
uh, will uh, strengthen that attitude. So their um, attitude of renunciation, this desire to emerge will strengthen, become stronger. Um, and for those who have not yet um, gone forth, it will leave imprints. So these good inclinations are referring to predispositions or imprints that in the future will ripen into this life of uh, someone who has gone forth or become ordained. Um, so this word going forth is used over and over again in the Tibetan, um, which um, uh, it's talking of, it's using renunciate, um, uh, which is kind of different when you look at the, the, the words in English. Um, renunciation is a, a kind of a different word than going forth. Um, the renunciation, if you just as a note, um, look at it literally is um, the desire to definitely get out. Um, and and uh, Rapjung, which is, re is, they're using renunciates, which is, they're really referring to someone who's become ordained. It means someone who's gone forth. Um, so one is getting, renunciation refers to getting, wanting to definitely get out, and this is referring to going forth into the position to definitely get out. Um, so it's actually a little bit of a different word, so I'm sorry if I took too long with that, but um, I just want to make it clear what words are being used in here and why. So to leave imprints, so in the future one will uh, wish to become ordained. It says, and then act on them. So one will have this desire and then become ordained as a result of this repeated reflection on the faults of a householder's life and the excellent qualities um, of one who has become ordained. And then it says, householders, if they are wealthy, suffer in their efforts to protect that wealth. And if poor, suffer from exhaustion brought about by seeking wealth. In this way, they lead confused lives that have no pleasure, and they imagine these lives to be pleasurable. Understand that this misconception is the result of bad karma. karma. And then now we have a quote from the Garland of Birth Stories. Um, sometimes uh, it's called the J uh, Jataka Tales. Um, or the Jatakamala, I think is the Sanskrit. So it says, never consider... So now this um, quote is, supports all of the points that Lama Tsongkhapa made. So it's a summary of, of everything Lama Tsongkhapa just went over. It says, never consider as pleasurable the household, which is like a prison. Whether they are rich or poor, those who dwell in households are greatly ailing. One undergoes afflictions by guarding wealth, while the other becomes exhausted by seeking it. Whether they are rich or poor, they have no happiness. The confusion that delights in this householder's existence is merely the consequence of sin. Um, so, um, if one is rich, then one is constantly worried about someone taking their things, uh, so taking their wealth, so they have to guard it. If one's poor, uh, they are constantly trying to obtain it um, and seek it out. Um, so, either state uh, is a state of suffering. Um, and then it says, um, uh, the confusion that delights in householders' existence is merely the consequence of sin. So what this is saying is, uh, this um, attitude, this idea that the householders' existence is good, is a result of non-virtue. Previous non-virtue has caused this misconception, caused this confusion uh, to take place. Um, then Kabar Kaga do Ramche. Therefore, keeping the Jeralong. Chimba the Chimba of a Jewish rose. What about the raw? Okay. Therefore, keeping many possessions and discontentedly seeking more is not the business of renunciates. If they were, 
they would not differ from the householders. Chinanaba Nebaba Nejuchi <laughs> So uh, now we move on to number four, uh, which uh, is pointing out the need to make aspirations to have this uh, take place. Um, um, so to uh, lead a life of uh, the ordained, someone who has gone forth. Um, furthermore, since living a household, living in a household is at odds with religion, it is difficult to practice religion there. The same text states. Um, if you do the business of the household, it is unfeasible to refrain from speaking falsely. Uh, um, so if one lives the life of a householder, um, speaking um, words that aren't true uh, is difficult to refrain from, and it is unfeasible not to punish others who do wrong. Uh, if you practice religion, householder pursuits suffer. If you attend to the household, how can you practice religion? Religious activity is peaceful. A householder's aims are achieved through ruthlessness. Therefore, because of the flaw of being at odds with religion, who desiring to help themselves would live in a household? A household is a nest of vipers, such as arrogance, pride, and delusion. It destroys tranquility and the bliss of happiness and is a place of many unbearable sufferings. Who would stay in a place so similar to a snake pit? Uh, contemplate again and again the defects of dwelling in a household and aspire to the life of a renunciate. In reference to this, renunciates are content... Uh, let me see. That's it. Uh, dwelling in a household and aspire to the life of a renunciate. Then... 
Uh, so, uh, number five, contemplate, uh, I'm sorry, in reference to this, renunciates are content with alms, simple religious robes and alms bowls. In solitude, they remove their afflictions and aspire to become objects of others' veneration. As it says in Guyadatta's edifying tale of the seven maidens. Um, so this is a, uh, there was a king who had uh, seven sisters who all went forth, became ordained. Um, and so this is uh, what that's referring to. Um, when will we thus come to shave our hair, don clothes from the garbage and seek solitude, gazing ahead only a yoke's length? When will we, blameless, take in our hands earthen alms bowls, and from the household to household partake of alms, attached to neither material gain nor veneration, cleaning up the bramble swamps of the afflictions, when will we become recipients of the townspeople's uh, donations? Um, so uh, this is where number five ends. So now we've moved on to number six. So number five points out the limited needs um, of the um, one who has gone forth, uh, one who is ordained. Um, and then uh, number six, 
So number six um, uh, shows how um, the one who is ordained um, when when looking at um, satisfying one's own aims or need, <coughs> needs uh, and then uh, satisfying others' needs, uh, the one who is dwelling as one who is ordained um, um, has d- little desires for themselves, but then wishes for others to have everything. Um, so uh, this is a, a point that's being made in number six. Decent. What Shedun Nishin Nazi that's a dumbbell lesson. Mm. You know, they're long. They're kadok, jango. 
The long side, the long alley, the long the long drooper. Kato she Okay, so number Okay, so now we've got it straightened out. Number six is renunciates are content with mere food and drink and with clothes heavy with frost from sleeping without a roof uh, over their heads and bedding made of grass. So uh, when there isn't a roof in the morning when the dew uh, is there, it causes moisture. Um, so that's what it's referring to. Um, they aspire to sleep in their place on soft grass in front of a tree, nurtured by the happiness and joy of the teaching. So it's the Dharma that actually um, gives them so much joy uh, that it's like nurturing them. Um, even though these conditions are as such, uh, they are, uh, the Dharma brings them uh, the, um, joy. Uh, as it is said in the edifying tale of the seven maidens, when will I become attached, unattached to my body, rising from a pile of grass, clothing heavy with frost, and taking only a humble food and drink? When will I, clothed in soft grass, green like the parrot, lie down in front of a tree with a banquet of the blissful things uh, of this life? Um, and then, so that's number six. And number seven uh, is Potawa's uh, quote. The very night after snow fell on the roof of the house, I became happy because something like this occurred uh, in the edifying tale of the seven maidens. I want nothing other than to practice in this way. Uh, and then Dumba Kabarka Renunciates aspire to dwell in a meadow or on the bank of a river, reflecting on the similarity between their own bodies and lives and uh, arising and disintegration of the waves. 
So now uh, we move on to number eight. I just have to clarify the number order of numbers. I think I read one sentence in for too far uh, for number seven. Um, which is only Potawa's quote, number seven. Number eight, uh, renunciates aspire to dwell in a meadow or on the bank of a river, reflecting on the similarity between their own bodies and lives and the dis- arising and disintegration of waves. Um, so here, this section is going to speak of um, this aspiration, making aspirations to be able to um, recognize in per- permanence, but tr- Really, what it's uh, one is aspiring to is to have the wisdom realizing selflessness, uh, to have the wisdom realizing uh, the lack of true establishment of all phenomena. Um, so, not only is are our bodies and lives impermanent, but they are also not truly established. Um, so, they aspire to stop by means of discerning wisdom, the conception of self, the root of cyclic existence, and the creator of all bad views. They aspire to overcome their obsession with the pleasures of cyclic existence. Uh, so, here, uh, this is referring to um, um, generating renunciation. Uh, they generate a desire to definitely emerge um, by this reflection. Uh, and it says, and to reflect on the in- animate and inanimate world as being like a magician's illusions. Um, so here, um, the, it's, they aspire. Um, so here, it's, it, this aspiration is um, what it's speaking of here. They make aspirations uh, to be able to overcome uh, this uh, like, um, uh, this, this attitude that likes cyclic existence. Um, um, and then they are able to recognize that um, all things are not truly established. Um, so, uh, let's see here. Um, so let me just do in a. There's a commentary in here. So one re- needs to um, generate this wisdom, realizing emptiness. Um, in order to generate it. One needs to analyze again and again the lack of true establishment of all phenomena. This is the only thing that will serve as an opponent to the misconception that sees 
the eye as being truly established, sees all phenomena as being truly established. So this grasping at all phenomena as being truly established is the root of cyclic existence. And the only opponent which will eradicate this misconception is the wisdom realizing the lack of true establishment of all phenomena. It, just like the um, um, comparison uh, to the uh, mistaken idea when one walks into a, a dark room and mistakes a rope for a snake. The only thing which will get rid of that misconception is understanding that it's a rope. Um, so likewise, the only thing that will get rid of the misconception that grasps at all phenomena as being truly existent is realizing that all phenomena are necessarily not truly existent, are not truly established, are necessarily selfless. So re the wisdom realizing the selflessness of all phenomena, the lack of true establishment of all phenomena, serves as an opponent to that which is the root of cyclic existence. So this six section deals with making aspirations to be able to generate that wisdom that will ultimately be able to stop uh, cyclic existence uh, and uh, also within that um, one has to have this desire to emerge from it in order for the whole process to happen. So here it's saying uh, the main point, the, the aside is de developing renunciation, but the main point is developing, uh, making aspirations to develop that wisdom, uh, discerning wisdom, uh, realizing uh, emptiness. Um, so then it says, um, uh, um, then we have another quote from the edifying tale of the seven maidens. When dwelling on a river bank or in a meadow, will we come to see again and again that the rising and falling of waves in the world of this life are similar? Uh, when, so here it's speaking of the impermanence um, of the things of this life. Um, and saying again and again, reflecting again and again on the impermanence of the things of this life. When will we, when will we rid ourselves of the view of the perishing aggregates, uh, or the reifying view of the perishing aggregates, the mother of all bad views, and not crave the enjoyments of cyclic existence? So when will we have the wisdom realizing the lack of true establishment of self? Um, it says the mother of all bad views. So the grasping at the true establishment of uh, self um, um, is the mother of all bad views and, and not crave the enjoyments of cyclic existence. When will we come to know that the animate and inanimate worlds are like dreams, hallucinations, a magician's illusion, clouds, or a city of the Gandharvas? All of these persons lived as renunciates while at the same time aspiring to these higher achievements. Um, so then uh, that's all number eight. Uh, number nine starts with uh, uh, Geshe Chikawa's quote. ちょっと<音楽><音楽><音楽> Jean Tawaja, what the Nazi Abujoma Hina Tazu 
다주 바부 수샤와이 송바당 샤라이 제네장 네 침바 침바 레카 레키 테이 두소 고산상 침바 라텔 테나 파송어 테나 파송어 다 로드송 아르지 냐네 네 마오바나 라중기 ปาชาจูกุซุงโอสวัดกุบะลอเตเตนดูสิตาจะบะตาอันนวัดเตกาเตลอเตปุกุยเตยาบุยเกยจูบะยาบุยเกยเนลอเตเจนดาบุมิบ
Okay, 
karşı ya gündüğü ile dan sözcüğü ile dan kaç ile dan düp ile de de yancır sorunlar bir şey de de konu gündüğü ile dan sonra var okey de de incik edagı kale kale incik kadeğı gündüğü ile dan de gündüğü ile で、現状で。現状で。現状で。現状で。現状で。現状で。現状で。現状で。現状で。現状で。現状で。現状で。現状で。現状で。現状で。現状で。現状で。現状で。現状で。現状で。現状で。現状で。現状で。現状で。現状
Okay, so now uh, number 10 speaks of bodhisattvas who are householders uh, should aspire to be ordained, um, even bodhisattva householders, because the uh, ordained bodhisattva is a, a higher um, being than one who bodhisattva who is not ordained in a householder, right? Um, the bodhisattvas who dwell in households should aspire in this way. Um, and this is from the questions of Householder Ugra Sutra. Um, householder bodhisattvas should think, when will I leave the household and origin of suffering and experience the life of renunciate? When will I rest in the actions of the community? Um, so, <clears throat> I'll just read it first. In the, when will I rest in the actions of community, the action of purifying and nurturing vows, the action of lifting restrictions and the action of veneration? In this way, they should delight in the thought of being uh, a renunciate. The passage states that bodhisattvas should principally aspire to full ordination. Furthermore, the ornament of Mahayana Sutra says the class of renunciates has limited, limitless virtues. Therefore, the bodhisattva who observes vows is superior to one uh, who is a householder. Um, so, just going back to this, it says, when will I rest in the actions of the community? So this is speaking of all of the activities that the uh, spiritual community of monks and nuns do. Uh, so there's various work that they have to do, uh, various prayers, activities, etc. they attend. Uh, so this is just speaking of uh, abiding in that community and, and doing what others of that community do. Um, and then the next it says, um, the action of purifying uh, and nurturing vows. So the sojong uh, is a, a way in which the vows can be restored um, for uh, monks and nuns. It's done on the 15th day of the month. The tsepa jong a dang tsepa tama tsepa jong a Less so, okay. So there are actually two sojongs per month. Um, uh, but it's, it's said the 15th day of the month is the actual uh, Sojong day. Um, so the So Sojong, when we look at the etymology, means purifying and restoring. Uh, of, of the vows. So there's a purification of the misdeed and then a restoration of that which has been broken uh, that um, takes place. Um, and then also it says in nurturing the vows um, there's what is called the arne uh, and it's uh, usually historically for three months um, during the summer um, um, but the pupa yarne the dawa chitan cheka that's it. 
so traditionally, uh, yarne uh, lasts for a three-month period of time. And all of the monks and the nuns, they um, stay in their communities and don't really go outside uh, very far during that period of time. And it was before it was so that um, during the, water, the season where there were a lot of floods and, and a lot of water, um, the rainy monsoon season, uh, there were a lot of bugs and um, they didn't want to step on or kill any of the bugs. So they stayed for those months actually just in within the community so that they wouldn't have to worry about that. Now, it's, uh, there are still some um, monks and nuns who observe the full three months um, um, and during that time also it said if there's a broken bridge you're, you should help the community fix it. If there's a broken road you help them fix the road. Um, so you're also not <laughs> only the Tsikashi the, the, uh, and uh, so uh, you're supposed to help uh, in your community in your, your just local community in any way that you can. Um, uh, so uh, and that's just for however many months uh, they're um, the um, monastery or the monks of the community decide to have their yarne now, but some still do uh, it for three months. So I'm going to stop here because uh, it's time to take a break and uh, um, hand out snack. Oh, really is. Uh, so we'll take a short break. Okay. Okay. จุจิบาอันดุชุมาเซลอนเดนตาเรสลอนเดนเลปาตมาเบลเลปาตวอลอนเดนทาทาเดเลชาชิเบนชุยนลอนเดนทาทาเดชาชิเบนชุยนวอ
uh, oh, this is why I'm in the wrong section. I'm like, these are not Matreya's texts. I apologize, everyone. <laughs> Five treatises of Matreya's doctrine. Um, so we have the discrimination of phenomena and the nature of phenomena, and discrimination of the middle way and the extremes, the ornament of the Mahayana Sutras, which is this text, the ornament uh, for clear realizations, uh, and the sublime continuum. Of the great vehicle, Jupa, the Kashi Lama Song, the Jupa Kashi So the, uh, these are the five treatises um, um, of Matreya's doctrine, uh, and uh, this ornament of Mahayana Sutras is the Chittamantran uh, text uh, written by Matreya. Uh, class of renunciate has limitless virtues, therefore the bodhisattva who observes vows is superior to the one who is a householder. Uh, this being the case, the life of a renunciate is praised uh, for achieving the freedom that is liberation from cyclic existence. Um, so that is uh, where number 10 stops. Number 11 begins here. It says, in addition, it is taught that it is the best life even for the accomplishment of omniscience by the way of the perfection and mantra vehicle. Uh, uh, perfection and mantric vehicles. So um, it doesn't matter um, what vehicle one is practicing um, of the Mahayana. Um, it's necessary. Um, uh, the, it's the best case uh, for achieving goals in any of those vehicles is if one is ordained. So if one is practicing the Kala Chakra Tantra, um, the best case would be if that person uh, was ordained. Um, and the Shanchu, the Garshani Landun, Lasun Rumche, Landun, the Landun, the Janji, the Landun, Landun, the Landun, the Sanchu, have been twins, as you know. Some of you have two Jubares, Yajudis, Landun, the Res, and the other Tukul, Tukul, the Rosal, the two years, no, you are this. Mm. And then uh, we find, so we find in the um, Kala Chakra Tantra where the importance of this is. And then in Jayan Sheba's commentary, it also speaks of uh, Atisha's lamp uh, for the path to enlightenment, uh, where it speaks of the, um, ob observing the, the highest form uh, of morality is the form of the fully ordained um, uh, monk or nun. Um, so, uh, let me find it. What is Shuku Kaleta and Jiva? I thought it was when observing the. the hey, Landun. Sonship been between the Tati Jema, Tachu Jema, and Landun, you're some good Tadu. Uh, so Rimachi said, just uh, look at the, I know where it is too, it's just I'm not at this moment. Uh, Rimachi said in the future, uh, just look. Lepa. 26. Uh, 26, thank you. Yeah, in the presence uh, of the protectors. Uh, no. Uh, anyway, so you can, one can look uh, at the. Sanchu. 21. It's, it should be two. You should do the card. You should change your bed. Twenty-one. It's on page. Yeah. Twenty-one. Page twenty-six. Okay. The Tatagat. Oh, here we go. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
Am I correct? Just needed stash in it. <laughs> the Tathagata spoke of seven kinds of the individual liberation vow. The best of these is glorious pure conduct, said to be the vow of the fully ordained person. Um, Rasa. So, uh, um, so um, that uh, is where Jayan Sheva says Atisha in the lamp references uh, the point that's being made here. Um, and then we also again find this in the Kala Chakra Tantras as well. Then Juchi Kaba Kagadu. ตัมบิตะวะสุสุตะบะลกบะชาวโสวะเตจุจิบะตะเรจุจิบะจุจิบะตะโอเคอ่าโซอ่าเอ่อซะเยะดะนัมเบอร์เอเลฟเอ่อ
long long Okay, so there's two categories in here. First, the kind of uh, uh, what kind of uh, path, and then the path itself is explained. So the first is like uh, the kind of path that's needed, and then the actual how it's practiced is number two. Um, so the first category um, uh, gets into uh, the three highest uh, higher trainings. Um, so. Uh, so first we need to look at what the, the word path is referring to um, or uh, also could be translated as the road um, so if one is uh, taking a path or a road um, they're going somewhere um, so we would say this is the road or the path that leads here or there um, in this case the kind of path that we're speaking of is a, a road or path that leads to various spiritual goals. So uh, the road or path that leads to liberation, the road or path that leads to Buddhahood. Um, so that's what path or road is referring to um, in this case. And we get into, first, the explanation of the three highest higher trainings, because these highest higher trainings allow us to get rid of cyclic existence when practiced. Uh, so we have the highest higher training in ethics, the highest higher training in concentration, and the highest higher training in wisdom. Uh, and the comparison is made to the act of cutting down a tree when we look at these three highest higher trainings. Um, it's necessary to have all three in order to achieve that state of liberation. If any of them are missing, it's not possible to achieve um, that, that state. Uh, just like if um, all of these three... Um, uh, things aren't present in this example, one can't cut down a tree. So in order to cut down a tree, it's necessary first uh, to have a stable body, a basis. Um, so that stable body, that basis that's needed um, is compared to the ethics, the highest higher training ethics, which serve as this foundation. But um, just a stable body is not enough. One would need an arm that would actually cut the tree down um, so this arm is compared to the highest higher training in concentration. Um, but just an arm uh, and a basis or a body is not enough to cut a tree down. One would need some kind of a saw. Um, and then the saw uh, um, is compared to the highest higher training in wisdom. Um, so by uh, when, when one has uh, a saw and an arm and a stable basis, one can cut down a tree. Likewise, if one has the highest higher training in ethics, concentration, and wisdom, one can uh, get rid of cyclic existence and achieve the state of liberation through those practices. Um, so those are pathways which lead to liberation. Uh, so now we're going to we arrive at this this section that explains uh, the three highest higher trainings. Jiwa 
Okay, so uh, this first category of kind of path, um, in the Tibetan, um, we have this outline, this explanation has three parts. I, I don't see it um, in here, so um, it might have um, so that's why we're not going over it. I'm not admitting it. Just to, I don't see it in this. Uh, it goes right into uh, the, the letter to a friend, Nipolong, I believe. Uh, uh, so uh, the first category is this quote from letter to a friend. It's the kind of path. What kind of path do you need? Um, so it says, train in the path, which is threefold, is the threefold precious training, the friendly letter. Were your head or clothing suddenly to catch fire, you should still set aside ex extinguishing these fires and strive to eradicate birth. There is no purpose higher than this. Through ethical discipline, concentration, and wisdom, so here are the, those three highest higher trainings, uh, achieve nirvana, an undefiled state of peace and restraint, ageless, deathless, inexhaustible, free from earth, water, fire, wind, sun, and moon. <laughs> And so Okay, so Zhipa, Suchindi Lapa, Dudushe, Zhipa, the Donagare, Zhipa Donagare. Zhipa, the water, Chudinji Lapa, the Chudinson, Maso, the Yeme, water, Uluswa, your water. Okay, um, so uh, the, the kind of uh, uh, path you cultivate to halt cyclic existence. Rumiche said there are four categories. Here it says it's explained in three parts. Um, so 
The first is the certainty of the enumeration of the three trainings. So are there definitely three highest higher trainings? Are there, could there possibly be a fourth um, or less? Um, so here um, there's proof uh, and points made to show why there are three highest higher training, no more, no less. Um, the next is <clears throat> the determination of the order of the three trainings. So do these the highest higher trainings follow some kind of an order? And the answer is yes. And dependence upon the highest higher training in ethics, highest higher training in concentration arises. And dependence upon the highest higher training in concentration, the highest higher training in wisdom arises. So there is a relationship of interdependence when we look at these highest higher trainings uh, where the uh, training before serves as a basis um, for the the, the training that follows. Um, so there's a cause and effect relationship there. Um, and then the nature of the three trainings. So what is uh, the highest higher training in ethics? How do you define it? What, what exactly um, does that mean? Uh, what does, and then the same would be for the highest higher training in concentration, the highest higher training um, in wisdom. And then uh, number four, uh, um, Rinpoche is saying that it's later on in the, the Lam Rim, um, and it deals with, and I think it's in the next, uh, it can't be though, uh, and it, let me see if there's another outline over here. Give me one second, I'm sorry. Long was the Sanjo the fourth is other points about these trainings. We'll call it that just for now, um, just to have a fourth category, and when we get to it, um, uh, we'll make sure that that's correct. Tongue <laughs> Tombo, ただにばで、ちょっと
Okay, so the stages of disciplining the mind. Um, so we have the certainty of the enumeration of the three trainings. It says this uh, is explained in terms of three aspects. The stages of disciplining the mind, the results, and the objects they eliminate. Um, so here we have the stages of disciplining the mind. So uh, here is... Uh, um, the tra three trainings bring to completion all the tasks of yogis and yoginis as follows. The training in ethical discipline makes a distracted mind undistracted. Uh, uh, the training in concentration or mental training balances an unbalanced mind. The training in wisdom liberates an unliberated mind. Um, so the ethical discipline um, serves to make it so the mind is undistracted, so that one is able to concentrate. Uh, and then utilizing that concentration, he or she can then point it at um, the topic or subject emptiness uh, and then be able to become liberated. So these three highest higher trainings are all necessary um, that to practice in the order that they are in order for the realizations to take place because they rely on one another. Um, so um, when we look at the training in wisdom liberates an unliberated mind, this wisdom is the wisdom that realizes the lack of true establishment of phenomena. So it's that um, realization of, of um, lack of true establishment that allows one to get rid of the root uh, of negativities. Um, and just like in the example of the snake, uh, the rope in a dark room is mistaken for a snake. Uh, the only thing that will serve as an antidote to that uh, mistaken conception and the emotions that arise from it is the realization that it's a rope. Uh, likewise, one, one needs to recognize that things are not truly established in order to um, get rid of uh, the... Um, negativities that error uh, in conception causes. Um, so, uh, let's see. 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 Let's
ジャビンデブネ、カンコミデルニーソース。セニャバジャビティンエンズコミデブテレ、ゾトゾメラ、ハルチュレス。シェラジラビデブネ、タバテス。シェラジラビデブテ、トニデビシェラディエバイナ、
The trainings that accomplish these are threefold. These first two certainties of enumeration are mentioned in the levels of yogic deeds. So where is this information from? It's from Master Asanga's text, uh, the levels of yogic deeds, where we find uh, these results of this enumeration um, presented. Mm-hmm. So now we get into the objects that are eliminated. Um, uh, so it says the former teachers asserted that in relation to the objects they eliminate, the afflictions, the trainings are threefold, according to whether they eliminate afflictions by weakening them, suppressing their manifest forms, or eradicating their seeds. So saying that all of the scholars previously stated this, um, and that the um, these three highest higher trainings serve to eradicate the afflictive obstructions and then serve to eradicate uh, those obstructions to omniscience. Because without these three highest higher trainings, uh, it's not possible because it's necessary when we see this enumeration and this cause and effect relationship to have this wisdom, uh, to have the highest higher training and wisdom. Uh, and that can't be accomplished without the two prior trainings and the root of cyclic existence is this misconception that grasp at things as being truly established. Uh, so the only way to get rid of that is the wisdom, this highest higher training in, in wisdom. Um, so in order to um, um, get rid of the afflictions and their seeds, um, the, this wisdom is indispensable. <laughs> So we have um, these uh, uh, categories now uh, that we've gone um, over. uh, The the stages uh, um, of disciplining the mind... the, the two are put together somehow. It's the certainty in, of enumeration. Uh, the stages of disciplining the mind, I don't know how you put them together. According to the certainty of the enumeration of the three trainings, uh, the results of the certainty of the enumeration of the three trainings, and the objects 
that the certainty of the enumeration of the three trainings eliminate. I think that's how it would be put together. Um, so we've completed that section, um, and now we get into the determination of the order of the three the three, three trainings. Um, so uh, why are they um, why are these trainings put in uh, this specific order? Karma ni yure Okay. Everyone listened so well today. I think that we'll stop class here. We only have a minute and a half anyway. And uh, so everybody gets a big break. Uh, we'll stop class here since everyone listened so well. Uh, and we'll continue this uh, in the future. Uh, so in order to really... Uh, arrive at um, the understanding of this information, one first has to listen very well. Um, and so that's what we've done today. Uh, in order for us to uh, know what the meaning of the Kanjur and Tanjur are, the pronouncements of Lord Buddha, and those authentic Indian commentaries, uh, even though they're in Tibetan, would be very difficult, but we find um, all the meanings and the points of the Kanjur and Tanjur all in this text. So it's like studying those classic um, texts. Um, it's the same as studying those classic texts. Yeah, Thank you very much. Uh, so we'll do concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. Whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of all species deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are a source of benefit and happiness. All-powerful Avogateshvara, Tenzin Yatso, may you stay until samsara is done. Pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wanda, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, friend who trains extensively in the five great philosophical texts, exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Two Jirun Shikusi Shapi Dana.